Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Charlie Wine. And this is 90 Under 90. Whew! 90 movies. Zoom! Under 90 minutes. 4, 27, 12, 15, 25, Well, see if you bastards can do 90. All right. I'm we a real reached... Michael Winslow. Yeah, you are a regular one. You yeah, and a regular a, one. A regular Michael Winslow. You, the Michael Winslow Award goes to Daniel Eden for his work on the podcast. Now I just want to say, I just want to say a couple of things uh, in regards to winning this award, and that is, skip uh, Thank you. Thunderous applause. <laughs> they ha- they have to cut to a Thank commercial you. break early because they just let, we can't go on with the show. It's too loud. All right, all right, all right. All right. Today on our show, clocking in at 83 minutes, we're talking about 2006's Zoom. Directed by Peter Hewitt, and uh, more affectionately known as Pete Hewitt to us. Uh, That's right, we're friends now. You can go back (laughs) in the feed and listen to our Nine Questions with Pete Hewitt, which just dropped a couple days ago, if you haven't listened to that. Very entertaining, and you'll get the full conversation if you uh, join us on patreon.com slash 90under90. For as low as $1 a month, you'll get our bonus episode. You'll get any other bonus content as well as uh, anytime Lots we do a, stuff. anytime we do a nine questions with the uh, full unreleased conversation goes to Patreon and uh, believe me there are large chunks that were cut out of uh, Pete Hewitt's uh, episode. Jerry, very, Julie, uh, very sorry sorry <laughs> very entertaining conversations about uh, cyst removals. We talked about uh, the conversation. We we talked a little bit about Bill and Ted's bogus journey. We uh, had an interesting story or two about Bill Murray in there. So yeah, go back. Yes. To listen to the full. Uh, he Pete Hewitt uh, also directed Garfield, so yeah. uh, that that you know bury the lead. Yeah. Am I right, you guys? Um, well, I mean, anyone can can look up the rest of his filmography at this point. But uh, what if they don't have internet? That's true. Then I don't know how they would be getting this show. They pre-downloaded it. With what? No internet? iTunes. No, they did it when they had an internet connection. Now they don't have internet connection, but they have this podcast Um, downloaded on their device. I see. Okay, that's fair. Um, You're right. Yeah, great. (laughs) (laughs) Great start, guys. This Uh, is is an excellent show. Can I uh, just say that this show is just... What ninety under ninety or yeah. this per- this very episode in particular? No, the show in general and me well, as a podcast host. I'm I down. I think we're I think we're doing great. I um, for the for the price of one game of pinball, you get all the ninety under ninety that you could possibly want. You get and well, more. Look, I mean, the show's always going to be free, but you're always going to get at least another hour with us every single month, and probably more like an hour and a half to two hours. And that's not including any since no one asked, because those are now all in the one dollar tier. We only have one tier now. It's I, a dollar. I'll say, and I'll tell say, you, if I can, <laughs> just just one more thing. I'll just say sure. the only reason I'm charging you guys a dollar is because I couldn't charge you guys ninety cents. That's all I'm saying. Oh, because because right? ninety. If I could, if I could charge you ninety cents a month, 
for one bonus episode plus all the other bonus content? I absolutely would, but I have to go with a dollar. Listen to Jer, you guys. Uh, there's lots of, especially now that there's only one tier and it's a dollar. There's a there's a shitload of, of shit on on the Patreon. That's true. So check it out. There absolutely is. Um, but we are talking about Zoom, the end of our 90 under 90 A to Z. Um, we're at the end of it. That's all I can say right now. <laughs> do you feel sad or do you feel relieved? Um, I feel, uh, hey, like, that's cool. We did it. We don't need to do it again. <laughs> um, but uh, the next is one to uh, 90 movies that start with numbers. Yeah, one. It's going to be 90. a real challenge. To I was gonna 16 say, blocks start with numbers. One. Uh, eight, eight and a half. So does does movie 43 count because it's movie 43 or would it have to have been 43 movie? Well, as we all know, Steven Spielberg made that movie. It's called uh, 43 Robots. Yeah, I think we'll probably do that one. We all know that. <laughs> you guys remember that one? No. For, for 43 Robots? Was it? No, actually, Keanu Reeves, the Ronin one. That's the one I'm thinking. 43 Ronin. <laughs> 43 Ronin. 40, 43 Robots. This yeah. is a great, a great show. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. We are this talking. is my Ronin, isn't it? Which one? I'm sorry. Uh, 47 Ronin, not 43. Uh, no, because they no 47 was the fourth sequel to 43 Ronin. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's the fourth one. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like the Oceans movie. Yeah. Ocean. Yeah, Charlie, you're not looking at the right one right now. You gotta go back like to the to the original. Oh you know? gosh. You know. I'm uh, sorry, ladies and germs. So All right. You type in 43 Ronin, it corrects you to 47 Ronin. Well, the, well the, you the know, first, the internet's not always right. The first three, much like the original uh Marilyn's dress movies, are only available on YouTube. And have yep. very very low view counts, so they're not even on on IMDb. Sure. You're not you you're not in the know, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> you're not in the know. Exactly. Why are you getting all up in my case? Um. All right. So Zoom. Zoom. A great uh, movie. Uh, directed by Pete Hewitt. Um, uh, it's got Tim Allen. He's not grunting in it though. So that's a real problem for and me. And I I took note that there was a pri- there was two prime opportunities for that kind of grunting not in this movie. I'd say missed opportunities. No, honestly, honestly. All right, all bits aside, here we go. <clears throat> what did you guys think of Zoom? It is a very very uh standard mid 2000s comedy uh family comedy. Right down to the Smash Mouth montages where kids are doing dumb, silly things and adults are standing there with their arms folded, making wise cracks to each other. It felt like many movies. Um, I had I thought the movie's innocent. There's nothing wrong with the movie. But eh, yeah, there is not one joke that works in this movie. There are jokes. There are a lot of jokes. I don't think there is one joke that actually well, works. To mm. to be fair, Charlie, though, I think the only way you can really judge that would be if you're watching this movie with a ten year old, and it might work for them because they like 
you know, I'm not saying that you have to give it a, a curved score, but what I am saying is that you are not the audience for Zoom. And sometimes as I'm watching these movies, I go, okay, would this be good for the demographic? Is this something that, a you know, an eight to 12 year old can enjoy? And I think yes. As a, as a 32 year old who still enjoys sky high, I, I, I think, Look, I think I have a but, little, a little bit of insight into the ten. This is the movie the parents bring their kids to, and the kids don't sit down in the theater the entire time. They're running. <laughs> <laughs> was like, this is the what? one where they're like, they don't pay attention anyway, so we'll take them to right. Zoom. Right, exactly. This movie, I get it. This movie is you could realign like you could re completely realign almost every scene in this movie except for ones at the beginning and ones at the very end and it would change nothing in terms of progress or structure in the i course. i will say that yes an hour of this movie is the exact same thing over and over it's like <laughs> nobody is learning and everyone is just like you need to teach them <laughs> Okay. Dan is losing it. <laughs> you guys are being so mean to Zoom right now. Uh, okay. Uh, here we go. Here's No, like Charlie asked us before recording, is it difficult to talk about a movie after you've interviewed a director? Or is it interviewed, you know, tough to interview a director based on the movie that you've seen? Mm-hmm. And I said it's specifically the reason why we try to interview people before we watch the movies. Because, yeah, it's like we don't know if we're going to like the movie or dislike the movie. And I, yeah, the conversation with Pete Hewitt was uh, wonderful. And again, the full conversation is available on Patreon. It was um, a great conversation. He He's a really nice, really cool guy. I, yeah. and I just I mean that genuinely like and really cool, dude. To, to be fair, uh, have not seen The Borrowers or Garfield, although both of them are on future 90 under 90 episodes. There we go. We are also big, huge fans of Bill and Ted. uh, Oh, yeah. Both Bill and Ted movies. So it's like I had to wash his car, so to speak, a little bit about Bill and Ted. I was like, I think I said in the interview, you did Bill and Ted, too, man. (laughs) He was like, yeah, yeah, I did. The Borrowers is is good. The Borrowers is actually. Yeah. Well, there you Great, go. Uh, so scale effects it's not one. it's not necessarily a mark of the man's <coughs> full skills. And it, it certainly his work is not a reflection of the person. Uh, sure. No, no one's work is. Uh, well, most of the time it's not. Sometimes it's sometimes it is, but not in this case. But yeah, not, I don't think I, <laughs> I think to, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll pull back a little bit, be a little less. But yeah, I don't think anyone's a, anyone in this room is a big particular fan of Zoom. And I think even Pete Hewitt, to his credit, asked us before recording, like, how did that happen that you guys are talking about Zoom? <laughs> he so, was very self-deprecating, like a, a great sense of humor, Pete you had, he, Pete Hewitt had. <laughs> um, so yeah, please check out that conversation. Um, but yeah, like. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the target demographic. You, like, but uh, to be fair, like Charlie, we rented the music box for music for movie club to watch Power Rangers the movie. You know, like there's we're definitely in goofy movies still definitely like in heavy rotation in my household. Like, just um, some kids' movies still don't work. You know, and um, right. But like, I think it's also 
to play devil's advocate, that's like, you know, sure. if if you're the age when it's released, you know, in 2006, mm-hmm. neither of you guys were 10 years yeah. old. Yeah. So you're therefore, right. you know, it's still not for you. You're right. That's, it's that's, hard to I have to think about a movie that came out in 2006 uh, for kids that I enjoyed. I'm sure there is one, you know, aside from uh, your your Pixar fare. Like, I don't know. You can even count that, I suppose. So. I don't know when Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came out, but I know you were ringing that bell. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Right from day one. <laughs> that's a Love good me. I really like that. The first one's great. The second one. Isn't that uh, Lord and Miller? Did they I, write that? I think so. Uh, I, don't I don't know. But I like I that know. movie. Yeah, I think... Uh, Nonetheless... Well, it's, Dan's it's, on his own here. Dan, You know, Dan's going to check. I don't even care how much time it takes either. It, it's okay to dislike a movie. 2006 did bring us Happy Feet. Never saw Yeah, it. George Miller. Uh, yeah, Cloudy with a Chance. All right, yeah, yeah, Happy yeah. Feet. I said, that's a fucking Kermit the Frog song, not a movie. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, like, my, okay, going back, like, I have a real problem with Tim Allen not grunting in this movie. Let's just go back to that. You know, you know like, what? Tim Allen, come on, man. Tim Allen is, I think, his screen presence is way too likable to play this type of a character. You know, like, it's one thing when it's like his own kid is like pissing him off in like the Santa Claus and he's just like. Uh, you know, a dad who's got better things to care about. But like mm. Tim Allen just comes off as too likable to be this guy who's just like, I don't want anything to do with your organization. I'm done with this. Like, I, no, you're not going to pull me out of retirement mm. for this kind of thing. Like to be kind of a dick to these kids. Like, honestly, I wrote it down. Like, it's weird how like. If you could transport current day Adam Sandler to 2006 where he like was older than, you know, he was in 2006. If he, if he had a little more age on him, he'd be like just right for this type of role. I don't know who else would be good in 2006 for this kind of energy that they need. It's not Tim Allen. Um, I don't know. I could see someone like Bridges doing something (laughs) like this too. Jeff Bridges, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, but then, like, see, no kid would want to go see Jeff Bridges be the star of a movie. I don't think any kid really is like, oh, let's go see the new Tim Allen movie. Those 10-year-olds you're talking about aren't, like... But you got to remember, he did a whole... There's there's three Santa Claus movies. He did the Shaggy Dog. He did the fucking... You know, there's a whole string of family movies that Jungle to Jungle. Did you know that this movie... Santa Claus 3 and Shaggy the Dog all came out in the same year, and Tim Allen was nominated for Worst Actor at the Razzies for each one of them. I did yeah. read that. He lost to the Wayans bros, didn't he? For Little Man. Yeah. And Spencer <laughs> Breslin was in all three of those movies as well. Oh, well. That's fucked up. Um, I will, I will say, Jer, I was watching it with, uh, my wife and my wife said, uh, my wife said like, isn't this the definition of punching down? It's like him making fun of these kids. Like he's an adult man. Like he gets a lot of cheap shots. Like, like, um, what's his name? Dylan is like the invisible telepath. Like what is his powers yeah a little professor x but mostly invisible powers and and he tim allen keeps like making fun of like the surfer cadence because he's a teenage boy and that's how teenage boys mostly sound to him you know it's like yeah all right dude whatever bro <laughs> like, 
Spencer like Breslin's bullshit. whole character is there to be the butt of fat jokes. Like that's, that's yeah. that that ages this movie very poorly. And even though Spencer Breslin like clearly had to be padded up with a fat suit in this. Oh yeah, he, he and looks is, like a human Baymax in this he, movie. He does. It's fucked up. His proportions <laughs> don't make sense. It looks like when we did like try to do the fat suit thing in uh, uh, high school with black patent leather shoes. Or just any high school production where they try to get like a fat person. Yeah. They're just like, put a put a pillow in under there. Loose clothes. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's, he's the butt of, and he's these, no pun intended. He's the butt of some some fat jokes because he he's the first scene where he's introduced. He goes to a pool and like effects money went into this. His butt becomes ginormous and all the water leaves the pool and everybody gets hit with the water in the pool and it's uh i could see a kid laughing at this but me at home i'm like oh boy (laughs) with those with those inexpensive 2006 special effects that make everything look like fluid like his his everything that expands from him like looks wet later on there's a few wet things that are like they do make from cgi it all has the same exact consistency. Do you do you think there'll ever be a, a nostalgic audience for this type of effects? Like how there is like PS1 graphics. Like, man, bring back the gelatinous effects from 2006, man. Like they did in Zoom. Not in movies. Like in video games, I get it. Like there's, you know, because you're more involved in those. I would love it but, if there was one, though. I don't, <laughs> there's like, I don't, think, I don't think they mm-hmm. will just because... There were special effects in 1995 that were so much better than the special effects that were done in 2006. Like, the special effects were... Lawnmower, man. It's not like everything they did in 2006 was better than what they did in 1995. They were just very selective movie-wise of what was going to get more money towards special effects and what wasn't. You know how it would work is if it's the whole thing is a play on the era, and it's like they're aware that they're in a different time period and that the special effects are of that time period. That's the only way it works is if it's a commentary. I put my foot down. That's it. It's not going to work any other way. Moving on. So you guys aren't going to sign my petition to uh, make the, bring back the, make the Scorpion King. Like I want that look applied to everything. You know how he looks in the third act. Uh, when they CG the rock's face. The the problem is if you do that... That's what I want. In any movie that has any notable actor in it, they're going to go, how did they... Like, what did they do? What happened to this movie? It Mm. it wouldn't work. I don't know. I think there's an audience for it, Jeremy. Well, make it. Hey... Watch me. (laughs) All right, moving on. Should we get into this movie here? Oh, I guess at some point we should. All right, Zoom, uh, 2006. Zoom with songs by year. Smash Mouth. Yeah, like it's not music by Smash Mouth. I looked that up. It's Christoph Beck, which I'm starting to think is like an, an R.L. Stein thing where it's just uh, it's it's made up of college students. That guy, that guy with the mole on his forehead with the glasses. He's just an actor, man. He's, He's just, just an actor. They made him up, and they brought him back 20 years later for a movie reboot so that nobody understood the reference except the parents of the kids. Mm-hmm. But exactly. they brought him back to keep the lie going. Hey, thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, but uh, Christoph Beck does the music, and then Smash Mouth contributes, and I'm not even, I'm like, 
80%. like a dozen a dozen songs in this movie. And like yeah. there are probably conservatively 50 montages in this movie that take yeah. place in the training uh, compound where like 90% of the movie takes place. And again, Smash Mouth being what they are, uh, 80% of their catalog made up of covers and they get uh, we get a cover of Under Pressure by Smash Mouth in this movie, which yeah. I didn't know existed and am sad that does. Well, there's also a few 2006 hits in there from Bowling for Soup. Oh Can't yeah, them. You got you got your your some of your it's your radio Disney pop punk bands. You got your Save Ferris. You got your Bowling for Soup. It's um, etc. Uh, but Smash Mouth and the rest are Smash Mouth. Yeah, like so. I hope you guys like Smash Mouth. Here we go. But no, the movie it opens with a Smash Mouth song. I forget which one. Look it up. Uh, it's a, it's a very expositional voiceover, comic book graphic uh, opening montage, opening credit montage, all about the previous iteration of the team that uh, Tim Allen's character, Jack Shepard, aka the titular Zoom, uh, his team called Team Zenith, and how they disbanded, and his brother became evil. But it was all because of government testing, right? I don't yeah, know. This fucking government and gammas. They say gamma 13 a lot, so I assume. They're, they're, they're throwing right. around gammas. The government's always throwing gammas at people. Ah, uh, gammas left and right. And, like, they give them a gamma 13. That's what it's called. I guess it took 13 times to get it right. And it's, it basically it's, allows. It's the 13 times the legal amount of gamma radiation, I believe they mm. say later. Oh. So there's there's real logic. Who says that? Chevy Chase? I don't know. Someone. I think I think Zoom. I think Zoomy himself says it. See, Gamma 13 was just code for Tim Allen's cocaine hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, little Gamma 13. Still, oh. still doing it in aught six. Um. What did you guys think of the, and I know I'm getting to the end of the movie, but what did you think of his outtakes during the credits? I thought he and Courtney Cox seemed to hate each other's guts. Oh, yeah. And it read in those outtakes. like they Why would they leave those in? <laughs> those aren't fun outtakes. Those are like two actors who are truly at odds with what each other. Is, what does she say to him? She says, uh, you know, I'm quicker than you think. Like... <laughs> In the outtake. <laughs> and then he looks at the camera like, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. He's, he what? says, you're so much funnier on TV. At one point, she says, where's Matt LeBlanc? Like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually, if you think about it, that's the funniest part of the movie is the outtakes of this movie, to yeah. be perfectly honest. Yeah. And they have to they have to portray some kind of BS love romance bullshit. Yeah, they have, like, great chemistry. They just uh, ooze um, sexual chemistry. And they do this in stupid family movies all the time. What child is asking for adult romance? What set of adults is like, give me something I can really sink my teeth into in this movie? A nice romance between Tim Uh, Allen and Courtney Cox. You have to to maintain the heteronormative dynamic of of Hollywood with these kids. That's fine. They're young. To maintain that, it's important. I grant you Kate Mara and the future Jimmy Olsen. They can have their thing going on. But oh, the fuck, fuck it, it was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. And he gets shot. 
in the Snyderverse. But, but yeah, no, the fucking I don't need the Tim Allen, Courtney Cox thing as an adult. And again, no kid is asking for that. No kid wants that. They're uncomfortable no by that. No kid, Jer. I wouldn't be surprised if it was in like Tim Allen's contract that he had to like get the girl by the end of the movie. Like Tim Allen always seems to like air quotes hashtag get the girl by the end of the movie, even if it really doesn't matter to the plot or characters that much as much as i love galaxy quest Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. as much of that as that movie is a five-star top of the line comedy movie uh you could remove the entire love interest thing between tim allen and sigourney weaver and nothing really changes about the film what i'm learning any love interest with tim allen being one party member that's what i'm saying what i'm learning is that tim allen is not a good uh romantic lead is uh is what i'm hearing here he's not because he's not handsome he's not like a good looking guy that like anyone could look at and fantasize about you know like you know, like no man looks at Tim Allen and goes, "Man, like I wish I had his, like I had what he's got going." Wow, 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 wow! He's like, he looks like um, every fucking guy, like every average Midwestern guy looks like Tim Allen. Maybe that's what chicks are into, like normcore, like totally basic uh, Midwest uh, thick. And then on top of that, he's best. like, he's got a goatee, uh, like, and, and he's a face that just truly does not warrant a goatee or any kind of facial hair beyond a big Santa beard. I think he looks bad with the goatee. Like he looks sleazy with the goatee in this movie. He, not to bring it back, but he looks like every time Adam Sandler sports a goatee bad, like it doesn't (laughs) look good. It doesn't look good. He looks like he was already cast and in character for wild hogs and then they made this movie before they made wild hogs he's like i got two weeks before i have to go back to reshoots on wild hogs because john travolta was too busy flying and we missed a couple days another scandal that he had to get the church to bury yeah <laughs> that's why he's uh, flying around throwing dropping bodies fuck so um jack shepherd jack speaking of jack jared like you mean to tell me jared that your son wasn't sitting on the couch going, man, when is Tim Allen going to kiss Courtney Cox? Let me tell you something. Jack is just now getting to the age where those kind of things do make him uncomfortable in movies. Really? We're watching we're watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and uh-huh. he's totally fine with her coming out and singing, and I think most of that is because her dress is really sparkly. Literally, <laughs> the second that you hear her in the dressing room, like he's oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then later that's on, like orgasms, <laughs> like seriously. I guess, but now that I'm thinking about it, they're like every scene that Jessica Rabbit in, is in would be uncomfortable for a kid. Because like I'm thinking, like later on in the movie, he's uncomfortable when. But then sure. I'm like immediately, I'm like, oh yeah, I was uncomfortable too seeing Bob Hoskins like with his shirt off, like you don't know what it's like to be a man, like like. <laughs> <laughs> talking about what it's like to be a man with like the most buxom animated female must make your son feel some type of way yeah i'm thinking yeah and right now that way is i don't know what any of this is and it's uncomfortable so he's mm-hmm. not gravitating towards that Mm-hmm. he's just uncomfortable by jessica rabbit we'll see what that means um jessica rabbit's not in this movie this movie yeah. is about um Team Zenith. So the voiceover is about the previous iteration of Team Zenith and his bro, 
Zoom's bro Concussion is his name, uh, makes a heel turn, and uh, he ends up, due to the Gamma 13, and uh, he ends up fighting Zoom. And this is all told through comic book pictures and graphics, like within like the first two minutes. And uh, Zoom's bro uh, gets knocked into a vortex, and then that sends him into another dimension for 30 years. So he's floating out there just waiting to come back. And that's uh, our inciting incident. And this whole movie is like, first of all, it's not Ian Summerhalder from Lost or The Vampire Diaries, though it looks like the the most cheap knockoff. Uh, and and the whole movie is like, so I'm thinking it is Boone from Lost that they keep showing on the monitor. And they, they keep doing this countdown, like concussions coming in nine days. Like Chevy Chase, of all people, Dr. Dr. Grant uh discovers this yeah big, we're all big yeah. mistake don't yes. do that no come don't on there's only that. one dr grant so that's dr. like grant. that's like that's yeah. honestly it's like being like i got a secret agent his name is bond frank bond <laughs> but you know <laughs> um no so, don't do that so that's like the inciting incident is like chevy works at the same government test facility that uh tim allen and his brother uh, in the team team zenith were came from right so they discover the concussions coming back and chevy goes to jack uh, aka zoom and says hey you gotta train a new team to uh, take on concussion because he's not coming in nine days and they keep doing the countdown and like that's the thing, and I've talked about this definitely in previous episodes of this podcast, is is when you do especially montages in this many in a movie, it can make it seem – I can understand exactly why Charlie said it – like this is only minute like 30 because – it, it feels like yeah, that's what montages do. Now multiply that times like a dozen, and it's like uh, you're totally quantifying it, you know? But also the threat level doesn't change at all in the movie until like the last 20 minutes. Like yes. it, it, it's like it, it doesn't feel like there really is any kind of true act one, two transition. It's just kind of all – You know what it is? Mon- it's all training montages, just various forms of training montages for an hour. I was going to get to this, but, like, feel free to compare this to another Kate Mara superhero movie that did not do well at all. And that's the Fantastic Four reboot, the Josh Trank one. Mm -hmm. She's in that. She's Invisible Girl. And that movie is structured quite similarly to this one in that they don't even face off against the antagonist until the third act in that movie, too. And it's just, like, preparation. It's just an extended second act is is all it is. Part of the problem in this movie, though, is they tell us what the conflict is in the and what the climax is going to be in the very beginning of the movie, in the first Mm -hmm. like 10 seconds of the movie. But the characters don't learn about it until right before it happens. So they're doing like throughout the movie, they're doing these training montages and all the characters are like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we here? Why do we go through all this? <laughs> and it's not until 90 minutes later that they find out why they're doing it. And suddenly, and there's just no stakes. There's, there's no, yes. No and, progression. And again, mm-hmm. like, even though you keep cutting back to that countdown, the, there's no progression in those stakes in there either. Like there, it's just, he's coming. It's not like, Oh, there's something that happens, you know, that like really messed with them. You know, it, it, it's just Usually internal, there's it's like slight um, internal conflict. There's presence of a villain that needs to be established <laughs> and it needs to continually be established if you really want to make a successful movie, frankly. 
and they don't do that. The only presence is that stupid picture of not Boone from Lost, but this other actor and well, the countdown clock. They're not Kevin even. Zegers. Who is it? It's big time 2000s actor Kevin Zegers. Oh, sure. What else is he in? He was in. I mean, I know him specifically from the horror movie Frozen. Um, oh, the Adam Green one. I haven't seen it, but I listened to Green's podcast. He's in. Um, uh, he was the Airbud Kid. He was the original. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh. That's um, something. That's worth something. He was in Transamerica. You know right, that. right. Um, he was just. He was a two thousands like okay. cheese film kid. He was like a, a a teen heartthrob actor who did a lot of like bad horror movies and Disney films. Is he the same age as Ian Summerhalder? And then when Summerhalder got established, he just started. He stole all of uh, his work. Yeah, let's say let's go with that. All right, I love I love a good fight. Good, some artificial conflict. That's what this show needs, really. Like, mm-hmm. hey guys, both Charlie and Jer, fuck the both of you, man. Yeah, that's right. What's your name? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um. Okay. So who else is in it? Rip Torn is in this. Yeah. Hey. Rip Torn is all like, recruit a team of teenagers with attitude. I need, <laughs> I need yeah. it. <laughs> basically, he's just like, ah, shit, we got problems coming. Get the Rip, team together. <laughs> Rip Torn is literally playing his character from Men in Black in this movie. It's, it's, yes. It's, it's Rip Torn is playing Zed. Rip Torn. <laughs> for the most part. There's Rip-torn. one point in this movie where I'm like, he sound like he is slurring quite a bit in this, and I can't this tell if that's just Rip Torn or if he's truly... Vestibule ATM era, Jared. You, yeah. you know. That's why I was is... confused. I was like, is this... Are we seeing that? Or is this like... Uh, is this just... Yeah, it's just Rip Torn. I think this is Rip just about to be torn. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, speaking so, of uh, uh, speaking of rip, I believe that the uh, opening credit font of this movie is ripped straight out of Austin Powers because yes. it looks exactly the same. And I only and, rec- I only recognized that when I saw the name Suzanne Todd and the other Todd that's in there as producers. Right. I was like, yep, that's it's right. got to be the Austin Powers font. That must be what they contributed to this movie. I'm thinking that they have their own in-house font that they have. It's in their writer that they have to. The, the opening credits has to be the Todd font that we made. Honestly, I think that's all that they give. They're like, we have no advice. We have <laughs> no money. We came credit. up with this really cool font. You give mm-hmm. us producer yeah. credit. It's yeah. yours. You can use it in the opening credits. I think you're right. So. Um, okay, that's that's basically the cast. Uh, Kate Mara is in the Courtney Cox. You got uh, et cetera, et cetera. So Some fucking annoying little blonde girl who does not should not be talking with the baby lisp that she has or whatever you want to call that at the age that she's supposed to be. It's insulting and really fucking grating on the ears by an hour in. What's my name? I think she's I, all these. These characters were all designed with, like, the idea of an archetype to them or the idea of just, like, a plot conflict with the character. She's clearly supposed to be, like, Tim Allen's conscience, you know, Tim Allen's uh, uh, the 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 catalyst of him becoming an empathetic person and, an, and a mentor. And it's just so awkward and it's so weird and she's so annoying. And it's, it's like 
she taught honestly Guys, she's right here with me do you want to like yes, keep insulting she's, her she's or? right there on your shoulder like, she's looking at you right now like yeah like please defend me uh, i'm trying you know no like honestly she talks as if this is what i think happened they wanted to cast a five-year-old and they're like we need to find one of those really good five-year-old actors who's like really ahead of their time and then they couldn't find one who was good enough and so they cast – they just, like, kept going up until they found somebody who was good enough at age eight. But they're like, we kind of want to act her to act like she's five. So can she mm-hmm. talk like a fucking baby the whole goddamn time? Yeah. It's I don't real, even think they were yeah. looking for an actor that – I or, or they weren't even looking for a good actor. They were looking for the oldest kid that they could get that was still small enough that it would be funny for her to throw, you I, know – 25 ton weights at things i think they were thinking we need ourselves a dakota fanning is what we need and then dakota fanning goes no (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway so when i like the scene where tim allen's character gets ultimately recruited so like it's 30 years after the the incident where he fought his bro and he shot him up into the vortex and he lives a normal life now. Like he doesn't really he lost most of his powers, didn't he? And all he has is this vibrating finger that he secretly uses to stir his coffee at work. And it's like, I'm you know, I'm sure he does other things with he's got to do other things with yeah, that finger. His finger is uh, suggestive. And, you know, Tim Allen is joking about that contextually on set with like the, the teams who's like, what do you think my character's fingers are doing uh, tonight? Huh? Uh. To, probably to the kids and the kids aren't understanding it. It's going right over their heads. But <laughs> Tim Allen does historically doesn't like children anyway, even though he does right. all these fucking movies with what? kids. What, why do they keep doing that? They they Now they're doing it with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. He clearly, I don't think he likes acting with fucking kids. And I don't think, to, like, I think he's another Tim Allen. And they're like, hey, let's let's put him with America Ferrara in uh, the new one. You know, a two-hander with a kid. Tim Allen had some debts to pay off. He needed, he took three checks for three bad movies this year and uh, paid off some of those. Yeah, it's you know what it, it smells like divorce movies to me. He yeah. he needed some money for a that's divorce. a good. Uh, I don't know if playlist. that's true at all. I have no idea if he's ever gotten a divorce, but Jer, I mean it checks out. Jerry, you're on Letterboxd, right? Yeah, you haven't written a single review though. No, I haven't. I started it with the intention of writing a wow, review for man. Babe when I saw it because I was like, I had so many thoughts on the movie Babe when I watched it this past holiday season. And then I never opened it again. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what, what's the point? I got the podcast. I don't need this. I have a letterbox. I don't know why. Um, Jerry, you should create a list. It's called Divorce Movies, and it should be movies that were like funded. The clearly, clearly the made when they were like, I have a house that I need to buy. <laughs> you know, I have to pay off for the wife because oh, she's living in it now. I have and, a letterbox I use frequently. I'll do it. <laughs> You go for it. I, you you can have it. Is if Dan, I'm cool with it. If Dan is, anyway. Um, yeah, you do it. Yeah. So like all these teenagers, I I'm confused. Are all these kids in this movie, like all of a sudden at the exact same time, start to like accidentally showcase their powers in public, right? Well, no, that's what that's the first thing that didn't make any sense to me is they come in to get Tim Allen because they say he's the last superhero. There's no superheroes left. And they they're so they're recruiting kids with superpowers. They never make any mention as to why these kids have superpowers like what, 
you know, but everyone for all these kids to just have superpowers and be able to just do this shit whenever they want, which clearly they can. How is it such a surprise to everyone? There have to be other people in the world that have like the kid turns invisible when he goes up to the chalkboard in his classroom and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's like clearly a lot of people can do a lot of things. I mean, it's. They're, they make it seem like Tim Allen is like the last of the of the people with powers. Meanwhile, they've got like 30 kids lined up yeah. who, as far as I can tell, their parents all just dropped them off at this government research facility. And we're like, here, take them. It could be a back like you're right. And it could be like a backdoor X-Men movie if it wanted to be, because it takes like that kind of world. That's that's the kind of world it feels like it's in like uh, one in every you know, number is a mutant and, and carries some kind of mutant gene and has some kind of power. That's how it felt. Very common in this world to me. I I wish it would have been something as simple as like, we need your vibrating finger really bad. <laughs> We've got some screws that need to be put in and we think that you're the man for the job. <laughs> it's uh if you want there's actually um uh the movie's a little meta and that they come to tim allen and they're like we want you to train this team of kids and he's like i'm not gonna do it and they say we'll pay you five hundred thousand dollars and he goes fine uh... <laughs> and then continues to complain about it for the rest of the time until he has his own turn that pissed me off he's just like like he's like you shouldn't be like you, like he's, he's like oh i'll do it for the money and then he's like Ah, I don't want to be doing this. You're making me do this. Like, no, you took the money, asshole. <laughs> go um, shave your fucking goatee. I think this movie, I think the movie Logan owes some a debt, a large debt to this movie in that Courtney Cox's character is obsessed with the uh, the Zoom comic. And uh, Zoom keeps telling her that that shit's all made up, like very I, cynically. I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> Do you think James Mangold's like, hmm. She's so bad in this movie. I mean, I'm not like, I don't think Courtney Cox is necessarily like the best actor ever anyway. But in in a list of actors in this movie giving some of uh, some career low performances, she's really bad in this movie. <laughs> I really don't know about like I'm not a friends watcher. I've never really watched friends ever. So like does she have skills on that show? Can you guys can either of you vouch for her abilities as a comedic actress? Cuz I yes. only know her from Ace Ventura and Scream and like the fact that she was on Friends and is famous I think Courtney I Cox. think she is I think she has a great comedic uh timing and a good energy and a good uh, anxious energy that she brings. And yeah, she's she's also beautiful, you know. Right. I mean, she's she's funny in Scream. Like, that's one of the things. Yeah. She's funny in those movies. She is. I mean, in the third one, not necessarily. But she's she's funny in the She first. just looks funny in the third one. Yeah. They don't get to be funny in this new one, uh, unfortunately, as much. Like, I think they get one joke. Like, I, I don't care for that new one very much. I liked that's it. That's a whole other. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's on my letterbox. This is just a letterbox. We'll, we'll let um, her after. We uh, I go letterboxing all the time. Yeah. If it's over that. 90 minutes, it's on his letterboxed. But like, so yeah, these kids, these kids all suddenly uh, either suddenly start displaying these powers, or 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 it's just like everyone suddenly started to take notice. Like this uh, this little girl clearly knew she was able to throw someone like 
a hundred feet, like an older kid, a hundred feet away from her. And she look what she does it. And she looks back at her mom or something. She's trick or treating. She looks back at her mom and her mom gives her like the whole, Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, you up to no good again. Given kids drop you off at a government oh, research facility. Yep. So goodbye forever. <laughs> look, but for freaks like you as the father mm-hmm. of two kids, Anytime you can drop them off at a government building and not have to think about them for months at a time. Oh yeah, it's a it. it's a good it's a good post option. office. I recommend the post office. It's the best it's the best thing for your family. Honestly, yeah, it's going Stick to them save in a your slot. family. Yeah, just try it. Mm-hmm. If it fits, it ships. Mm-hmm. I send it in flat rate envelope. If it fits, it ships. Uh, if it fits, it ship. Um. Uh, so did I mention that Rip Torn is in this? Yes, we did. We yeah, did about Rip Torn and uh, and Chevy Chase also. Did I I do Kid. my chunk? I do my chunk. All right, I did my chunk. All right. What? Nothing <laughs> like my material. Oh. <laughs> my my really a material. Great. All right. All right. I, so uh, what like honest honest thoughts on Chevy Chase? Ooh, I don't okay. Chevy Chase anyway, so Chevy I... Chevy Chase, notoriously, prob- like, not problematic, but a little bit, um, uh, difficult, difficult to work with, right? And this is uh, six years pre-community, if I'm not mistaken, maybe five. Uh, he hasn't quite gotten that res- that small resurgence in his career. He's kind of floundering, but it looks like he's kind of enjoying himself a little bit. And I don't know if Pete... Hewitt talked about working with him. I can't remember. Did he at all? I don't recall either. I haven't gotten. I, I wish I could edit. have asked him. I wish I could have asked him. Uh, like, was like, frankly, like in a polite way of asking, was he a fucking asshole? Like when you worked with him, because I hear stories. I just, I, uh, yeah, for as much of an asshole as he's supposed to be, there is something about he's, him. He does have some kind of comedic presence. And I'm like not saying it's, I'm not saying it's yeah. it's necessarily good, but he fits very well in a family comedy doing very Chevy Chase things, you know? Like it's, Snow it, Day it, also, yeah, same it's, deal. Like, it's odd mm-hmm. how like this is kind of a good use of Chevy Chase. I think his agent or yeah, his agent was probably like, Well, let's try kids' movies for a while and yeah, I think you know uh, this is as good as it got, let's just say, in his career. And it, he's doing as, as good as he can. I mean, I think he, he looks like he's kind of enjoying himself. So that's what I I'll think, say about his performance. I think there was a clear decision here to get Chevy Chase in the movie, whether the character mattered or not. Because you, <laughs> can take, you could take his character out and, like, he doesn't – Yeah. his character doesn't contribute to the movie. Anything a scientist contributes to this movie, it's Courtney Cox. It's true. So you could – he's clear like in the scenes he's in he's really clearly there for physical comedy or right. some sort of like butt of a joke from the kids kind of thing like they Which can't is, yeah. they can't uh they can't cover courtney cox and rabid squirrels so they they do it to chevy chase you know it's like they want they want to do all these things and play all these jokes but they can't do it to her so they do it to him sure it's funny though because she for a while, they do this running gag where she keeps tripping and falling and doing like Buster Keaton like yeah. trips like yeah. on the ground, painful, uh, yeah, uh, steel knocking over trips. Reminded me of uh, 
evolution of all movies with David Duchovny and Orlando Jones, where Julianne Moore's in that, and like they're like, let's make her funny, and she just trips a bunch of times in that movie. Like that's her thing. That's. Uh, I mean, they was... start they start the movie with like when they go to recruit Tim Allen for this team. Like I guess the initial plot was to trick him and to kidnap him or something, and they start the movie with her. They're yes. they're in like a sting operation, and she's mm-hmm. standing on the street in a green dress that she wore in Scream, and she <laughs> really like, go now, and that she she goes and pretends to get hit by this car, and I guess the idea is to make him use his powers, and he just doesn't, and she just she just doesn't get hit by this car and falls down in the middle of the street. He's just like, oh hey, you almost it's, got hit by a car. And she's like, oh confusing. hey yes, yeah. I'm a scientist. We're here to recruit you. By the way, blow dart. <laughs> yep, yep. That's enter uh, Chevy, who yeah hits a blow dart and it ricochets off the ceiling and it hits him in the neck. But um, she looks looks great in this scene. Uh, I, like yeah, I, I don't get it though. Like I was scratching my head at the end. Like I'm glad that you explained it to me. I was like, oh, that's what they're okay. They're trying to trigger his powers. Okay, <laughs> got it. Uh, so he ends up at the facility and like. We have to gloss over this unless you guys know every single goddamn beat or the important ones of these like 50 montages no, set to it's, Smash Mouth songs. It's just montage after montage. Honestly, the movie is like you got to recruit, you got to train these kids. He's like, I don't want to train these kids. And then it's just like these kids practicing unbeknownst. And he's just like, these kids aren't worth training. And then it's like they do a little bit more training. And he's just like, I'm training you, but you're not good at it. And then she's just like, "Come on, keep training him." And he's like, "Okay, I'll keep training him." And then he's like, "Come on, we're we're a family." That's and that's there the, you go. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's pretty I mean, much that's the like, meat of it. That's like the question: What is he training them to do? Like the the little girl who's really strong. All she does is they give her weights to throw and try and hit like the center of a target. Like it's it, yeah over and over and it's just what are what's the training here they put them they try and do the x-men danger room and these yes. kids have to hit a button in the middle of the room and avoid being pelted by paintballs which like, by the way requires no superpowers whatsoever it really right. you to be able to have good balance in a spinning room <laughs> and be able to press a fucking button but on and, top guys. of that, yeah when you say the girl with the weights it's not until the third fucking montage where he's just like right on the money that i'm like oh that was the goal to get them <laughs> <laughs> she just kept throwing him and then he's just like how about nine more and i'm like oh she's just doing reps that's all you're making her do yeah, it's like what's the she her, her the whole like kick there is that at some point throughout the movie she breaks a window or she she throws something through a paint like a pane of glass she or, could have done without having to throw a bunch of weights she already had the strength right no one learns i mean the only thing you could argue is that is that the the invisible kid learns how to like control it better and turn other things invisible or the or Kate Mara like them them too maybe but Spencer Breslin it's not even just like you need to learn how to get really fat at the right times it's more just like he doesn't want to cuz he's sick of being made fun of and then they make fun of him and like uh, they egg him into like using his powers. Like he knows using how to do his it. powers in a way that would make everyone make fun of him. Like, yeah, <laughs> he literally makes his ass cheeks grow to the size of a pool. 
like no one's gonna be like wow that was a really cool trick you did they're like did you see that giant fucking moon ass guy <laughs> every every moment uh, water fell out of that pool all but, right guys yeah no i'm legit curious how we're gonna go through this because i know you have it i know you have it like written down in you know beat by beat and how we talk no, i don't really happen, like <laughs> This movie has no beats. It has no structure. Right, right. Like, it's it's yeah. just training montages and then Here's little a, inserts of, of character moments between teenagers, I guess. Usually it's easier to divide – well, I, no, it's, 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 it's easier to divide this movie than, than other movies in that you can do beat by beat for the first act and you can do it for the third act, but it – I dare you to do it for the second because it's exhausting. Because it's, uh, and it's all the second act. Insignificant beats. And they're like peppered in with some significant beats, but you're so beaten over the head with the insignificant beats that the significant ones don't even feel significant anymore. That's that's kind of how it felt a little this bit. This movie, oddly, first of all, Smash Mouth Connection, it has a fucking Mystery Men style audition montage. Which yeah. is then followed by an Gross. odd Guardians of the Galaxy style police lineup where the, all the fucking people with powers are standing in front of like. James fucking... Gunn also owes this movie a lot of credit. Uh, that that um, recruitment montage is gross. There's a kid who farts a bunch and there's another kid who like has snot that he like gets all over Chevy Chase and he's covered in boogers. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, and I'm saying it, I'm describing it because you guys have to picture it because I had to watch it, you know? <laughs> the only the only kids that get picked are the only, are the ones that don't have superpowers that relate directly to being children. Like, yes. Uh, one kid can just shoot spitballs really fast. <laughs> they reject it, and, like, they do the rubber stamp on the file, reject it, and then they do approve for, like, Dylan and, and Kate Mara. Um, Kate Mara, I think, is probably maybe the best cast member of this movie she gives a fucking shit in this movie like almost too much of a shit in certain scenes what do you guys think of her performance i I thought her performance was fine but i also think that jimmy olsen does a fine enough job for what he's asked to do he's all right yeah what do you think spencer breslin is fucking like i'm sick of seeing that kid's face on in on the screen so Mm -hmm. in general get him off and then yeah the fucking little pigtail girl and her dialect yeah spencer breslin is at this point in his career now where he's past the the air quotes cute disney kid and i think his parents realize this is all coming to an end soon so let's get as many of these movies in as we can um i i think that in terms of kate mara and you know surfer dude um one thing I was thinking about in, in 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 just in terms of how bad this movie really was in character and plot is how much they seem to just make it focus on Tim Allen. And I like Kate Mara as an actor. And I, I did like what is the kid's name? Dylan. Dylan. Um, Dylan. I, I, I liked them. I, I, I liked them as actors in the roles. And there are very there's a couple moments, maybe like one or two per person where <laughs> Dan just moved out of the way and your background became it was Tim Allen. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it was so go. weird. Uh, there's there's one or two moments in the movie where both Kate Mara and Dylan make comments about 
either their parents not caring about them or them being dropped off at this facility. All the kids make some comment about how their parents kind of abandoned them at this facility. But we don't go into that. We don't go. We don't talk. It never becomes about the kids. It's always about Tim Allen. And I think that's the major missed opportunity here is that you could make you have some decent actors here. You could give the kids more to do. And Kate Mara and Dylan both look like they have some sort of backstory that might have been written, something that, you know, uh, might have been established in character that the movie just didn't pay any attention to. Because she says something about how she's like not welcome at home or, or she had a bad home life or or something like that. And and it's just it's thrown out. It's completely thrown out. I think that was the major missed opportunity. And I, again, I like her. I think I could see that in the character just from her acting. I just wish the movie had done something about it. Um, it's funny because um, there's I was looking at plot summaries for this movie and one of them was totally incorrect. And I have to think that it was based off of some uh, draft or, or some kind of uh, press release or something that said uh, it suggested that Kate Mara was the daughter of Tim Allen and that she against her will ends up uh, like going to this place. And then just he like springs it out. Or, You're at a government facility. And you're going to be training to be a, a superhero like that. I, maybe was one iteration where she was the daughter of Tim Allen. Maybe in another script, another draft. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Maybe that would have um, gave her more meat uh, for the actor, you know, more more yeah, stuff to do. That was Zoom's secret of the ooze that. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I can't stop saying is. Uh, Dandelions, dandelions. at home. <laughs> <laughs> dandelions. Uh, all right, you got to fuck one, you got to marry one, you got to kill one. Rip Torn, Chevy Chase, Tim Allen. Uh, uh, um, kill Chevy Chase. Um, probably. <laughs> God, that's really tough now. I know. <laughs> it's like which one do no, you want to no, be you, with, or which one would give you some security? No, I right. think I think ultimately Rip Torn would give you the the longevity, the security you'd be looking for in your life. Because I think Tim Allen would just get coked but out. Not stability. You. Um, I don't so know. Tim Allen, <laughs> you're saying Tim Allen would get? You said he would get coked out with you? No, he'd get coked out and leave you. I oh, mean, I feel like. I feel like I feel like Tim Allen wouldn't respect you. I think Rip oh. Torn would treat you like shit, but he'd respect you a little bit. <laughs> I do want to say I I I believe Tim Allen might be sober. So like I, I think he's clean. I don't think we should be saying he would. Look, he it would, doesn't he matter would, if he is sober. The fact is he wasn't sober. He would relapse if he. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. If he married any of us, I think he would relapse because he's not a a gay oh, man no. or or a bi. Uh, but um. He um here's mine. I would um let me think. Jer, you go first. Here you go second. I you you fucking you you marry Rip Torn because he's gonna be dead anyway in a minute. Mm-hmm. You get his money. Uh uh and <laughs> you you I don't know. You fuck Tim Allen, you kill Chevy Chase, I guess. It's, you yeah. can you can flop out, you flip That's flop. That's two either. kills for Chevy, by the way. That's two kills for Chevy. Because what is he contributing to the world? <laughs> also, you got to. Tim Allen, about- God bless him, at least goes on tour and still does the. I see him sometimes at the Woodfield Mall Improv. 
Do you? Tim Allen? I don't see him, but I've seen the name there. I think he's been there once or twice. You also got to think about, like, do you really want your last name to be, like, Daniel Chase or or Jeremy Chase? I would take Charlie. Well, I would keep my own name. Take Charles Torn over. No. <laughs> one of the one of the, the things here, the caveats here, is you have to take the actor's last name. Okay. In that case, I think Torn is a really fucking great last name. Like, Daniel Torn is a great, like, name to have. So I'm going to marry Rip Torn. That's easy now. I'm going to kill Chevy because why not? You guys said it. And then I'm going to I'm going to fuck uh, Tim Allen. Yeah, there we go. You tell me what Chevy Chase is contributing to the world and I'll reconsider. <laughs> Jared, did you ever you never got into community, did you? No, I, I mean, I appreciated um, it. I saw a few episodes and I was like, I, I get it. It's not for me, but I appreciate its place. Chevy, How about you? listening, um, hashtag us on, <laughs> yeah, definitely. on Twitter and let us know what you're contributing to the world. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, yeah, well put. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> 90 under 90 at gmail.com. And hey, if you are listening and you want to request an episode for us to do in the month of September, we are taking requests all September, yep. all request timber long. Uh, and right. we are, you can start sending those in at 90 under 90 at gmail.com. Chevy, we would happily take in uh, whatever suggestions you have. Also, yeah, if you want to do uh, invisible tell us your man. fuck, Mary Kill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I would kill myself. I would fuck Tim Allen. Very <laughs> ripped. What would? <laughs> what is? What's that John Carpenter one that Chevy Chase did? He's an invisible, like Confessions of a Diary of an Invisible Man or something. That's know. the first. I think we should do that, even if it's not under ninety. <laughs> we should do that movie. If it's his request. All right. So, okay, it all it's all building up. Like I said, there's a big like monitor on the screen that says the concussion is coming. Guys, e not Ian Summerhalder. Apparently, this guy um, Kevin Zegers. Kevin Zegers is coming, you guys. And uh, watch out. And you guys aren't ready yet, but eventually, like, ready or not, he's coming. And and look, of if, course, if, if you're not ready, you're gonna get that. zapped with with gamma thirteen. That's now here's here's my problem with this. I guess if anything, if we're gonna take this plot seriously, right? The movie Zoom was part of like an experiment gone arguably awry. Sure, his powers were amplified when he took Gamma 13, but his brother he saw what happened to him and he didn't like that. He had to shoot him into space, right? So he knows what's gonna happen. The guys who do this come back. They offer him money and. Uh, who's to say that he's not going to expect that to happen when exactly it happens? There's exactly when it happens in the plot, you know. There's some BS in there that Courtney Cox explains how like they've made improvements and they don't need to even use Gamma 13 anymore. Okay. And it's well, just right. like yeah, okay. we 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 took a, a a a seminar from Charles Xavier and he taught us how to bring out the mutant powers in people, and now we think we can do it. Hmm. Once again. No one knows why they're there except for like uh, except for I don't even actually remember if Courtney Cox knows, but except for like Rip Torn and Chevy Chase, maybe Courtney Cox. No one else knows why they're at this training facility. I feel so like no, uh... not even Tim Allen. No one knows why they're having him do this. They mm -hmm. mentioned Gamma 13 a bunch of times and he and no one's just like what he That's Tim how Allen's, you like, here and then just drops it. I mean, 
that's how you get an aimless plot, basically. But um, I was going to compare it to another movie as well, but I forgot. I guess, uh, it'll come back to me. But anyway, um, yeah, it all culminates in the arrival of Concussion. And, like, basically, it, it also lines up with the Lost Point, because that often happens right before the climax. Like, I think Tim Allen is, uh, does he get cold feet or something? Is he going to abandon his post as leader or something? Or they disband, or there's some kind of, I think they have a party. It's... And uh, Rip Torn says, get the, everybody get the fuck out of here. And then, like, they become rebels when the Gamma 13 is introduced again. They're like, oh, it's shit, we got to get the fuck out of here. They're, uh, they, he's coming and they're like, these kids aren't good enough yet. So Tim Allen, fuck off. Um, we're going to just pump these kids full of Gamma 13. So, oh, it came back to me. Uh, have either of you, Jared, uh, franchise first timers, were you completing the X movies? We finished. Yeah. New mutants is what it reminds me of. If they don't know why the fuck they're there, if they're also mutants like that in the majority of the movies, I'm dicking around in a facility, then that's like what this movie did you care for new mutants at all no no yeah i wanted to like that charlie did you see that one i was extremely disappointed i had high hopes yeah. for that movie. i was extremely disappointed the only really worth it x-men movie i think that exists now is x2 maybe followed by days of future past but maybe you say that's interesting because it's like what? arguably the best between two and uh days uh that's a tough one for me but you you're like you're kind of not so hot on days no i like days i just think that like i don't know i mean this could be a a i know i know i'm sorry yeah yeah. i think i think x2 is the best days of future Past is right after it and then first class is underrated i wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said and you guys should listen to Franchise First Timers <laughs> on the Patreon. Only for a dollar. You now. can go back and listen to a whole year's worth of episodes. Yeah, and it's uh, for a dollar. It's on pause uh, right now. Chevy, if you can't afford a dollar a month, just call us. We'll help we'll help you out. We'll figure just, something out. Chevy, you. all you really need to do is tell me what you're contributing to the world and I will yeah. give you the membership for free. <laughs> just tell me what you're doing, Chevy. <laughs> We forgot to mention at one point they come, they find a fucking spaceship that used to be like the the yes. thing that Tim Allen's Area team. Area 51 UFO, yeah. That's at that, Area 52. That's oh, the oh, moment okay. of the movie where I'm like, how do you not have a grunt in here when he's just like, ain't it cool? Like he could have gone into one of his whole spiels about like all the things that's in the engine of the fucking right. spaceship and ended it with one of his ah, 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 and it would have been perfect. That would have went up three stars for me. It's as if he was just like, I'm not grunting anymore, guys. I'm done. I, I put that <laughs> put that to bed. I'm not your wind-up monkey. I will say Buzz Lightyear to the rescue, though. Um, so the movie... Uh, Eventually, so the fucking, the fucking comes back. Yeah, Concussion comes back and fights them for some reason... And then, for some reason, turns good. Like, it's very... It's not a big fight. Nothing really interesting happens. Fucking it's, everybody it's gets the love. It. The power of love. Zoom... The... So... God. Honestly, like, the... There's the no structure to this movie. The threat of the movie is, like... 
should be just the experimentation itself. Like you don't even need the whole threat of the brother coming back. You know, like it could just be like this team needs to band together and it's like they don't they can't do it. And then all of a sudden they have this extra reason to band together and like then they fight off the guys trying to pump them full of Gamma 13. And then they're like, we're superheroes now. Like, I think that's all it needs to be. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because this movie in a in a way mimics the structure of the Power Rangers reboot. Because one of the things that I don't know if they spent 40 minutes training. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Everyone got pissed off because they don't morph until the very end. But the whole point of that whole thing was that by the time they had the ticking clock and they knew what was coming, like they knew Rita was coming. That's that was added to stakes because the actual people knew it was going to be happening. But by the time they were needed, they also still weren't ready. So that could have been like. A part, a point of this this end is that God. you don't need Kevin Zegers, but if the idea is that you have this this you know catalyst for evil, but you get there and these kids aren't ready yet, like they almost die immediately when they first get there. I, I think Power Rangers owes something. So many other movies owe something to Zoom. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been saying this whole episode. Finally, finally, I, I get it. I see it, and I I it's making me re frame this whole movie in a way that makes me appreciate it yeah 0.5 percent more okay that's fair uh there uh the ufo only goes 20 miles per hour um that's a bummer you know what it needs is more power oh oh, 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 oh. (laughs) so they they, they, uh, find out kate mara can talk to it like she's because she's psychic, she's empathic, and they've never this been able to figure plays out. Plays with a little bit. This fucking power, like the telekinesis, is one thing, but this whole like I understand things, but like I'm not like hearing them kind of thing. It's a fucking stupid power that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. She's she's hey, like dear. an empath. What? How much? What's your superpower? My superpower? Yeah. Um, I have the uh, acute ability to know. When I um, need to exit a conversation. It's my superpower. That's great. That's a good I one. Know. I don't know. I'm like, well, Charlie, what's your, I'm Charlie, done. What's, what's your superpower? Waking up every morning, going to work, and making it through the day. <laughs> yeah, living, living in Chicago, that's my superpower, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> High five. Hey. All right. Oh my god, you guys. So the movie wraps up and it ends. That's it. Uh you thank you. You literally went from the spaceship to the movie wraps up and that's like an hour of movie where nothing happens. It's That's right. Fairly true. <laughs> I mean, we covered and I'm it like Dan Eden. They come in and they try to fucking do the gamma thing, and then they're like, "We need to escape." Here's your names. Here's some really bland ass superhero costumes. Um, now let's fight off this guy. And I literally don't even know what turns concussion like good in the end. And also, yeah. Rip Taylor and all these soldiers are like just standing up on the top of oh. a cliff, and they're not like really doing anything the whole time. They're just like, well, "We're here, asshole." <laughs> like, what is it? They they had designed this this net to capture. The sonic net. The sonic net. They designed this net. They spend like trillions of dollars on it. 
they have a plan to get him. I guess the whole idea of training the superhero team was just a way to distract Kevin Zegers so that they could line up their shot and catch him with the sonic net. They miss, and that's it. They don't have another one. There's no backup plan. (laughs) There's like... If I were to guess what happens next... I would say working together, Zoom recreates the original Vortex using Speed and his Gamma 13 <laughs> energy while the team and Marsha guide Concussion into it. Just before they send it back through, Dr. Grant yells to Zoom that if he closes the Vortex, they can save Concussion. Zoom closes the Vortex and the subsequent energy vacuum pulls a Gamma 13 from Gamma, which both restores his powers to normal and cures his psychosis. Zoom and Concussion are reunited. If oh, I had to guess. He was evil because of the Gamma 13. That's right. And like then Winter Soldier. This this like hole. almost Deus Ex Machina comes in where they're like, hey, if you close the portal, all the Gamma 13's gonna go away, and your brother will be. They always they also keep making mention to the fact that Kevin Zegers is his older brother and how he yeah. I guess to like really play up the the kind of joke about how Kevin Zegers hasn't aged because he's been in another dimension for how many years. Yeah. Uh, but they keep referring referring to each other as younger brother or little brother. It's like, how often do you actually refer to your brother as, hey, big brother, hey, little brother? Um, oh, never. <laughs> right? Uh, just in my head all the time. Except uh, sometimes there was this one time, okay... When um, Jer was <laughs> never mind, <laughs> I can't even go there like jokingly. Um, never mind. <laughs> what else? What else? What else is there to say about Zoom? I mean, is are there ways this movie could have worked? So that's the other thing is like this movie is crazy derivative, and by this point, like the derivative movie of. Um, derivative I movie. think we've established that every other movie is derivative of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, like this is, as far as I'm concerned, the Rosetta Stone of all other superhero (laughs) movies. That's right. But could this have worked? Uh... Yes, I think this movie could have worked in a world where you don't do any, you don't need the fucking concussion coming back. You need, like you said, you focus it more on the actual kids and like the adult is like just kind of like reluctantly along and then like helps them unite and kind of realize they don't need him and that's when he's just like all right now i can help you <laughs> and then uh that's enough yeah I, I think it could have worked and also you just can't tim allen doesn't work in this role it needs to be somebody else who's got more actual like i hate life and tim allen is more like you're just kind of an inconvenience right now like that's tim allen's whole thing that's his energy yeah <laughs> And at the same time, you also never really believe that he's actually grown to care about these kids. Like he's he's he can't do the the gruff nihilist cynical thing and also the paternal like, you know, uh, empathetic caregiver thing. He can't really. Disney seems to be the one studio that hasn't yet realized Tim Allen's not a very good actor. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. And. We're really coming down on Tim Allen this episode. Um, you know, like, <laughs> what if uh, David Schwimmer was the Tim Allen part, 
and uh, Matt then LeBlanc just, was the Chevy Chase part. No, then he'd just be and, whining uh, the whole Perry time. Perry was the uh, <laughs> ripped part. Hon- no, honestly, Matthew Perry might have actually done better in the Tim Allen part. Ooh, I think you're right. I think you're but, right. Yeah. But, yeah, David Schwimmer would just be like, I don't want to train these kids. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is, uh, that is going to be it for us this week. Sarah loves ending on a high <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Why would you take that away? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's just like I'm waiting. Like, I'm like, <laughs> if anybody wants to say anything, Jared's like, it doesn't matter. We hit the best part. Jared's doing the Costanza Um, I think I think all of us have collectively said enough on the movie Zoom. We don't really need to say any more. Thank you all for joining us for 90 Under 90 A to Z. We'll be back to regularly Daniel scheduled programming after this, and we are accepting. It's gonna be insane, you guys. Just no, like he's, he's got all he's, out balls out uh, all summer long, baby. He's got a, a decent list going. I will uh, confirm that. Oh um, man. And hey. You want to make it a yeah. You want to make it an even more decent list. Send those uh, requests for request timber to 90under90 at gmail.com or tweet us at 90under90. The first five people to give uh, the name of a movie we have not done yet and can do, we will uh, we will cover them and you'll get credit during the month of September. But until uh, next week, I am Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Charlie Wine. That's a wrap. What do you mean you're out of chocolate? How can that be?